This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, October 14, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. With a Democratic precedent intent on centralizing more power in Washington, will the GOP simply coast or actually fight to limit government? John Samples, director of the Cato Institute Center for Representative Government, comments on the elections of 2010. Given the response to attempts at health care reform, town hall meetings, tea parties, and the unpopularity of this uh, Democratic-controlled Congress, what are possible GOP strategies going forward? Well, I think the first thing the GOP is going to be thinking about is just doing nothing and be continuing to let time pass so that they can pull themselves up off the floor. What I do see in private conversations and so on, though, is a willingness to admit that there were a lot of mistakes made uh, during the Bush administration, that the divergence uh, from a more uh, traditional limited government rhetoric, at least, on the GOP side uh, at the behest of President Bush was a political mistake. It's hard to deny that given the results of 2006 and 2008. So that's sort of sifting through and the willingness to begin looking for targets of opportunity. Uh, it's, but I do still feel it's a party that is uh, maybe has turned a corner or, or maybe more appropriately uh, bounced up off the bottom, uh, but not one that has yet uh, fully got the bit in its teeth and is, is ready to run back toward uh, assuming power and finding out what exactly it's about, its message is in this environment. More than anything else, like the Democrats in 2006, I think they're, they don't have a lot to do uh, through Congress, and they just simply want to let the Democrats do bad things to themselves. Now, you said that that was the strategy, essentially, of Democrats uh, in 05 and 06, was to let the Republicans continue their meltdown. What hope is there then that a Republican revolution uh, would mirror that of, of 1994, at least in terms of ideas that they attempt to connect with people that are free market, more libertarian in nature, uh, that they actually put out there? I think the just on the surface, the probability that the Republicans will take back the House is now has to be considered less than equal. It's, it's you know, the, the number, I would say subjectively, maybe a 30% chance or less. The likelihood that the Republicans will make significant gains in the House, I think, is quite high. Uh, I think you could easily see, and this might be the best outcome from a point of view, given everything the way things are, uh, might be the best outcome for the limited uh, government perspective is that the Democrats uh, have a single-digit majority in the House and significant losses also, maybe even down to 55 or so on the Senate side. So you don't end up with divided government, which in some ways would be ideal, but you do end up with a strong message uh, of rejection of the Obama agenda that uh, would be not quite as thoroughgoing as the rejection of the Clinton agenda but um, is certainly it will bring things to a halt, in part because those 10 members and more will still be from Republican districts. There'll be Democrats in Republican districts, 
and Nancy Pelosi will not have the plausible uh, liberal majority in the House. The big wild card here, there's several, but one, of course, is how health care, if it passes, is received. It could be, um, I think, disastrous for the... Uh, the majority. Uh, once the understanding of the actual cost, the allocation of cost, uh, changes in tax rates, particularly on middle and lower middle class people, once that's understood, uh, even though it doesn't go into effect for some years, uh, you might well have a strong uh, response to it. Well, don't you naturally have the opposing party make gains after the election of a president uh, of, of a party, of a certain party? On average, the numbers are in the 20s on the House side, uh, in part because the president brings people in. This certainly happened in 2008. Uh, and I think there is a certain truth here that we're seeing in the public opinion polls, which is that uh, 2008 and 2006 overstated matters, I think, on the, the, the amount of shifting to the Democrats. It was more a rejection of the Bush administration and the Republican leadership than, uh, say, Virginia has become a permanently Democratic state or that Ohio has become that. You're now seeing these states returning to normal kinds of numbers that we saw in the 90s or before. Uh, and so the world is taking is shifting back uh, to uh, some Republican strengths. Uh, and so you'll see that reflected, I think, uh, in the outcomes uh, next year. So, uh, so yes, the, any president faces that. The other thing from the limited government perspective we ought to keep in mind that I think is hopeful is the scholars have looked at the public mood, and there's no doubt the public mood was shifting toward more government in uh, 2006 and 2008. But what has also been found in the past is that once the, the public mood is satisfied, as it were, you elect a president like Obama who seems to promise more spending, then it almost immediately begins shifting the other way. So we can, I don't have the data yet, but it's pretty clear, I think, that there's a shift the other way on out there in the public and that the, you haven't seen any rise in trust in the federal government. You've seen the opposite. And I think there's probably also uh, maybe even a cratering of uh, a desire for more spending given the whole situation. And the other thing I would say is that I do know from the studies that have been done that the support for spending that brought Obama to office was weaker than uh, the trend that brought other presidents to office. In other words, there, were, there was a growth in a desire for spending that brought Obama to office, but it was much weaker than Clinton and certainly much, much weaker than LBJ. So this has been charted over the years. So you, in other words, the shift that was not favorable to limited government was less to begin with, and it's going back the other way is what I would say at this point. To improve the likelihood that a 2010 GOP majority, if it were to emerge, will actually be led by ideas that are uh, agreeable to uh, both conservatives and, and libertarians, is it good then for Republicans to, uh, at this juncture, not have a clear expectation that they will retake either the House or Senate? Well, at this point, I think the the party just needs time to sort itself out. I mean, the it, and the important thing for us, the people who care about limited government, 
is to get the message out, why did the disasters of 2006 and 2008 happen? Why was that? In my view, it was because beginning in 1997, you see a shift away from uh, the message that brought Ronald Reagan to office and was really central to the 1994 victory, which was a limited government message. Um, and the results of that, uh, primarily, of course, also the results of the Iraq War, led to 2006-2008. The Republicans have, you know, it's only been a few months in a way. The people who are in office and work in the party have to assimilate the message that that was a bad idea, not as ideas, but politically. And that, that process is beginning. That's why I say, in a way, I don't want them in the majority yet. I want that message of the, the Bush... Um, uh, compassionate conservatism disaster to fully permeate this party so that if they do come back in 2012 with a president and maybe a majority in one house, uh, you've got a different party that has moved away from the mistakes of 1997 and afterwards. John Samples is director of the Cato Institute Center for Representative Government. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.